wait a minute, how long is this going to last? Can this go on forever? No. That these people are completely irrational and they stamp their foot. And because they stamp their foot or because she's Jewish, she's got Jewish privilege. And so therefore you're telling me the truth is the opinion of the powerful. Well, no, that's not the way it goes. Hey guys, Sean from SGT Report here. Thank you so very much for tuning in. That was Dr. E. Michael Jones, a prolific author and a genius when it comes to history. Now, I just want to mention, we recorded this conversation on Friday, June 30th, just a few hours before I found out that my friend, Dr. Zev Zelenko, had passed after a long battle with a very rare form of cancer. So I just wanted to mention that before I start this interview, because I play a clip from Zev. And in fact, I think it may have been the last video that Dr. Zev Zelenko ever recorded. And what he said is so, so important. Before we start, just a quick word about our sponsor. If there was an anti-aging supplement in ancient times, it was turmeric. The benefits of turmeric spread throughout thousands of years due to its revered fountain of youth-like benefits. And the specific form of turmeric that you want is available online. It's right here, and it uses a highly bioavailable form of turmeric, much better than what you can find in grocery stores. This amazing product is held to some of the highest standards in the industry, and it gets an A-plus in terms of quality and effectiveness. I've unlocked the deal for my audience to get up to 43% off their order by clicking the link below, or simply go to agewithsgt.com right now. I'll leave the link below. Hey, friends, thank you so very much for tuning in. It's fantastic to have you all back. Guys, I can't tell you how excited I am to have this guest on. I've waited a long time to get him scheduled. He agreed to come on. I hold him in high esteem. His name is Dr. E. Michael Jones. He's a prolific author, writer, professor, and truth teller. Amongst his many books are Logos Rising, A History of Ultimate Reality, Degenerate Moderns, boy, more on that in a minute, The Jewish Revolutionary Spirit, the Slaughter of Cities, Urban Renewal as Ethnic Cleansing, and so, so many more. The website is culturewars.com. We'll talk a little bit about the latest issue, Walt Disney and the Jews here, too. Dr. Jones, thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me, Sean. I really appreciate you coming on. You know, I want to start with a soundbite here for you from my friend, Dr. Zev Zelenko, who happens to be Jewish, but he's a man of great faith. And uh, he's on the side of Team Humanity. He's in the hospital right now. He's in grave danger of losing his life, which he addresses in this video from his hospital bed. But at the end of the video, he says something that I think is very, very true. And I'd like your opinion on this. Listen to this. Uh, basically, the, the world has now chosen sides. Uh, those that will worship the machinations of men and those that will uh, bow down to the Creator. And so let the calling begin. Um, you know, the world needs a cleaning. And when the process is done, the world will be filled with the knowledge of God, just like the waters cover the seas. And uh, the sociopaths have a big thing coming for them. They think they're gods. They think that they're ruling the world. We'll see. Um, so let the games begin. And I have no problem falling in battle, but because this is a hill that we need to die for, because otherwise our progeny will have nowhere to breathe free. Was that better? Could you hear that? A little better. Uh, so it's uh, the 
let the what let the what begin? Let the culling begin. And what the he's culling, referring? Did you say culling? Yes, sir. The culling. Uh, okay. Let me, go ahead. So there, there, there are two groups of people who recognize God as a creator and those who want to be gods themselves. Is that the gist of what he's saying? Yeah, that's correct. And I think he's sort of referring to people like Klaus Schwab and Klaus Schwab's sidekick, Yuval Noah Harari, who is now famous. I was just going to bring up Harari. Harari is thing- such an evil entity, sir. Yeah, please address it. Yeah, that's exactly what popped into my mind, because he has a book. Uh, uh, he has a book out, uh, something about you shall be like gods. It's like right out of the uh, of uh, Genesis when the devil uh, gives it, put this idea into the mind of Eve and she creates the fall. So he was a guy who immediately popped into into my mind. Um, he, I have a, the, the second chapter of the book deals with uh, of my book, Logos Rising, deals with uh, Harare's book, Sapiens. Uh, which is one of the dumbest books I've ever read in my life. <laughs> I, I mean, if this, if this is the world's smartest Jew, we're we're they're they're in trouble. Uh, the guy contradicts himself repeatedly. He doesn't understand basic philosophical principles, but it, it prov- proved to be the launching pad for his new idea that somehow through science we're all going to become gods. This is this is crazy, uh, and this shows you uh, <laughs> what can I say. Zelenko is an outrider in this group. Uh, the fact that he believes in God makes him an outrider, an outlier in his own group. And I'm talking about the Jewish people. Uh, and this has become evident now in the wake of the uh, Supreme Court decision striking down Roe versus Wade, uh, where something totally new has entered the discussion. Um I don't know whether you're familiar with how uh, Roe versus Wade came about, uh, but it didn't come about. Uh, the Supreme Court ratifies something that's already in existence. It doesn't create anything. And what it ratified was the movement in New York State, New York City, actually, to uh, legalize abortion. Uh, it was created by two men, two Jews, uh, Bernard Nathanson and Lawrence Later. Uh, and Nathanson later converted to Catholicism and wrote a memoir about it, saying how it was a Jewish operation from start to finish. Uh, this is this was the beginning. Now, this began with the approval of The New York Times. It could not have happened without uh, The New York Times taking this and running with it. And so at the beginning, they featured Nathanson repeatedly. And Nathanson never identified as a Jew. The strategy at that time was simply to say it was Catholics. Catholics want to impose their religion on the rest of us. Catholics this, Catholics that. Nathanson had no ethnic identity. Okay. He just, he just was a, a doctor or a concerned person or something like that. Okay. And that was the strategy that got Roe versus Wade, uh, into onto the books. Now, 49 years later, the same group of people, has come up with a completely different strategy. So I don't know whether you've seen it, but basically uh, you've got all of these Jews saying abortion is a fundamental Jewish value. Right. It wasn't just one. It was a lot of them. And not only that, but the rabbis that came on demonstrated beyond a doubt that every single branch of Judaism uh, felt this way. And so you had this absurd. Uh, uh, yesterday, there was an absurd video of there's this Jewish woman 
who's got pregnant. She's got her tummy bared and she's got something scrawled on her tummy. And she's starting to she's saying that uh, I'm Jewish. And if you uh, uh, if you overturn Roe versus Wade, you will prevent me from practicing my religion. And then she says that life begins when uh, with the first breath. I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that you were very pregnant. I am very pregnant. I am due tomorrow. Oh, my goodness. And are you due to be induced or are you going to wait and see? I'm going to wait and see. Okay. Yeah. Well, now tell me about what you have written on your stomach. Sure. Um, so this is a part of me right now. Um, I'm Jewish. And according to Jewish law and tradition, life begins with the first breath and at birth. And that if anything were to happen up until then that it is part of me and it is my decision. It's part of my body. It's like a limb. I mean, it is a significant part of me, but it, it's my decision. Okay, so as you have written here, can you, can you read it to me? Yeah, it says not yet a human. And why did you write that? Because everyone is talking about murder and um, it's just, it's, it's me. It's not somebody else yet. I have a child. This is a person. This is a person with will. This is a person who has decision-making power. And this is me. For, uh, so at this point, my, my question is, well, can you explain to me what took the first breath? What was that? Uh, and how did it take the first breath if life begins when you take the first breath? How did, did it have lungs? Did it have a mouth? This is absurd. This is absurd. But the point here is that they have gone full in with this strategy. The ADL has come out saying uh, abortion is a fundamental Jewish value. Virtually every Jewish organization has stated this. And in doing this, uh, I see uh, they set them out, set themselves up for a fall, because what they're saying, in effect, if this is true, is that with Roe versus Wade, the Jews impose their religion on the entire everyone in the United States of America. That's the the conclusion, the ineluctable conclusion, the the uh, the the conclusion you have to draw from what they're stating right now. And once they state it that way, they're doomed to fail because no one, uh, when, once it goes to the states, um, you mean to tell me that there, there is not going to be one representative in this country who's going to stand up and say, well, I understand this is the Jewish position, but why? how can we impose the Jewish religion on everyone else in this country? How can we do that? We can't do that. So I see this as the cunning of reason. This is how God brings about the end of the Jewish era of American history. Yeah, I believe the Great Awakening is real, and these people have really put themselves in a corner, the New World Order powers with their anti-human agenda. I posted this interview uh, between you and Peter Holland on my site, thephaser.com, the end of Roe v. Wade and the Empire, because what comes to mind as it pertains to these, well, this anti-human agenda is the hubris of these people. And when I think of hubris, ultimately, when it peaks like this, I think of atheism. I think of godlessness, because if there's no belief in a creator, how can there be logos? Right. Right. This is exactly what it is. We are gods. This is exactly the message of uh, Yo, uh, what is it? Noah Yuval Harari. Right. This, this, the world's smartest Jew. This is what he's saying. We're all going to be like God. Wait a minute. Did, didn't you ever read the, uh, Genesis? Isn't that uh, the Old Testament? Isn't that your part of the Bible? You never read that? You never read that warning? You never read what happened when people act on that type of principle? Well, this is preposterous. So when he says you will be like God, does he mean the goyim? Does he mean people like you and me? No, no, of course not. 
What does he mean? He means he says this when he's in the company of Klaus Schwab and the masters of the universe, because what this means is basically they will become your gods and you will have to worship them. It's that simple. You're not going to become a god. Believe me, I guarantee you that. You will serve these false gods. And the best way to serve what, what we've witnessed here in American history is the best way to end up serving gods like this is to break the moral law or rationalize the breaking of the moral law and say it's some type of liberation, like sexual liberation. That they're, they're going down. This is going down. And I'm saying this because, because what we're seeing here is when this happened, uh, you had a number of uh, stars coming in alignment. And I'm talking about, let's say, uh, 1967. You had the Arab-Israeli war when suddenly Israel uh, becomes prominent in the minds of American Jews and the New York Times. You can't talk about this without talking about the New York Times. And now the New York Times needs some way to justify is Israeli atrocities against the Palestinian people. They were always there. It, it, Israel was created as a state based on ethnic cleansing and uh, war crimes and atrocities. The village of Deir Yassin is a good example of what I'm talking about. There were, people were just mowed down by, by machine guns in the, uh, uh, in, I believe it's 1948, right around the time that the, the state of Israel is forming. So you have that. You also have the beginning of uh, uh, the, uh, the, the mainstreaming of the Holocaust narrative, which also took place at this time. And this was also intimately involved with the Zulzberger clique that ran uh, the New York Times. Uh, I'm talking about Yeshi Kozinski, whose book, uh, The Painted Bird, also came out in 1967. And this was a new step forward for the Holocaust narrative because uh, it, it became a bestseller. And uh, Ailey Wiesel, once he saw which way the wind was blowing and that the Zulzbergers were behind it, uh, decided to jump on and call it a Holocaust classic. That gave the theological justification for Jewish privilege, which is what we're talking about here. And once uh, once you uh, and then, of course, there's Roe versus Wade, uh, which is the culmination of the publicity campaign that the New York Times orchestrated with people like Bernard Nathanson, uh, which got the law. Uh, prohibiting abortion overturned to New York State, and that was a prelude to overturning all of the national laws uh, throughout the nation prohibiting this. All of these things happened around the same time, and the net result is exactly what uh, is going to happen if Noel Harari has his way. Noel has his way, because what happened here is you you suddenly lost the sense that there was equality before the law, and now you had two separate categories. You had the fetus, which had no rights whatsoever, not even the most basic right, which is the right to life. And then you had the mother uh, who had the right to kill the child. And be, if she killed the child, she automatically got Jewish privilege, which means that she was above the law. Now, over the past 49 years, you were herded into one of these two categories. If you were a woman and you got on board with the sexual revolution and then you got pregnant and then you aborted your child, you had a special category created for you known as feminism. And you became could become part of an organization that was determined to turn your guilt into political capital. 
in places like the, the Democratic Party. On the other hand, if uh, the powers that be didn't like you, uh, you became a fetus, which meant you had no rights whatsoever. And so the classic example of the fetus in recent history would be Charlottesville, where those white boys showed up feeling that the Constitution guaranteed them the right to speech and the right to assemble. And they discovered they didn't have those rights because a label had been applied to him that uh, was called white supremacist, which was just another word for fetus. The other example is July, uh, January 6th. This is a classic example of basically depriving people of rights by putting a category on them that is a, that is made up uh, to demonize them. So those people uh, were Trump supporters who felt that the election had been stolen, but the media who control these operations said that, no, they were insurrectionists. And because they were insurrectionists, they had no rights, which meant they were fetuses. They were fetuses. Well, this has all been overturned now, and the fetus is now coming back because he has rights now. Uh, and this will be worked out on a state-by-state basis. Some places will institute uh, make the Jewish sacrament part of the law, uh, which will probably be places like New York and California. But other uh, states, uh, beginning with Mississippi, will start to roll back this horrible, uh, life-denying decision, which goes against uh, uh, the the essence of representative government, and they will restore the rights. And to the extent that your state restores the right to life, you will emerge from the category of fetus and you will start to have rights again and you will be able to have representative government again rather than the Supreme Court of that era imposing its will on you by raw judicial power. Did we get to this place with these brainwashed people because God has been removed from the town square? God has been removed from the schools, and now these people are godless? Because how else can you explain these people embracing an organization like Planned Parenthood, founded by Margaret Sanger, an avowed eugenicist, and an organization once headed up by Bill Gates' dad, an avowed eugenicist? They must be godless because they've been fooled into believing this. Do you think that's true? Yeah, I think that de facto, you become God. You think you become God because uh, you have the power over life and death. They've given you this thing. So that's one of God's powers. And so therefore you think you're God. This plays right into what Harari's talking about. That's his plan. He's making it explicit now, but he couldn't. I don't think he could have made this plausible if they, if we hadn't had 49 years of abortion. That's the way the, the Jews took over our culture. That's the way they rearranged the categories of the mind that we use to deal with uh, issues. And uh, it's only plausible within that small kind of hothouse of ideas. Once you come in contact with reality, it pops like a soap bubble. It disappears. I think that's what's going to happen. For years, people have been saying, well, uh, it's a human being. And then you're confronted by this Jewish lady who says it's not a human being until it takes its first breath. Well, what is it then? Is there nothing there? It looks as if there's something there. Your stomach is swollen. It looks as if there's something inside. Or are you saying you have the right to dictate when life begins completely 
without any regard to the biological facts of the situation. I think that's exactly what she's saying there. Yeah. And she's think- saying that that's that's God. That's playing God. That means your category of reality. I'm sorry. Your category of the mind is determinative of reality. There's only one person who is in that position whose thought uh uh, he thinks it and it happens, or he speaks the word and it happens, and that's God. The rest of us are have to conform our categories of the mind to reality, because otherwise we're not talking about anything that's true or real. That's what happened. Over the period of time, all of the evidence that came in, all of the biological evidence that came in, showed that there was uh, the, 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 the fetus was created at the moment of conception and that it just got bigger. That's all. Now, on the other side of the coin, I mean, I, uh, I was, uh, went to a, a lecture at Notre Dame down the street here, uh, by Eleanor Schmiel, uh, in the heyday of feminism, like 1980, in the 1980s, when she was head of the National Organization of Women. And she's going on and on and on. And there are all these feminists nodding. So uh, in the room, so I, the question I said was, uh, does the fetus have sex? In other words, is it identifiable as male or female? And she says, uh, the process of sexual differentiation begins at birth, just like this lady, very similar to what this lady just said. In other words, the breath, the first breath, that's when uh, it becomes a human being. Well, what is it before it takes its first breath? It's got to be something there. Otherwise, it couldn't breathe, right? So what is it? Well, well that, so, that's exactly so start, right. It's like the new documentary, What is a Woman? These people are so brainwashed, they refuse to answer the question or can't, just like that new Supreme Court justice nominee, the African-American woman, she refused to answer the question. Right. I mean, it's madness. It's to- total madness. So why should we follow this irrationality? So I started to write it down, and then she screams at me, don't write that down. You got me crazy. Well, wait a minute. How long is this going to last? Can this go on forever? No, that these people are completely irrational and they stamp their foot. And because they stamp their foot or because she's Jewish, she's got Jewish privilege. And so therefore, you're telling me the truth is the opinion of the powerful. Well, no, that's not the way it goes. That's not. And you can say it and you can have the New York Times backing you up uh, and they everybody knows they're powerful, but they're not more powerful than the truth. And so precisely, that's precisely what happened to their pet project called Yeshi Kaczynski. He hung out with the, the Zulzbergers. They, he was the, the life of every party. Uh, and, but there were people who were saying, wait a minute, this doesn't sound right. He claimed that this was a memoir, that what happened was true. And so finally, the Village Voice wrote an article exposing him, brought him down, and the whole Yeshi Kaczynski soap bubble burst in spite of the fact that the Zulzbergers were promoting it. They, they, they doubled down and promoted it all the way to the end, and then it blew up in their faces. Well, that's exactly what happened with abortion. <laughs> Guys, Dr. E. Michael Jones is quite a bit brighter than I am. I'm not familiar with what he was just mentioning there. Do you want to just briefly flush that out? Who was that person? I'm not familiar with that. Yeshi Kaczynski, yeah, nobody knows. He was famous. I read the book when it came out in 1967 because two, the, the, the Jew who lived across the hall from me gave me a copy. I was living in an apartment building with Jewish communists. Anyway, I read it then. So he's a Polish guy, uh, uh, lived, uh, through World War II. 
uh, comes over here and just goes miraculously becomes a writer. Okay, uh, now what came out uh, in retrospect? By the way, this is all in my forthcoming book on the Holocaust narrative, uh, description of the whole story. So what what comes out is, well, he became a writer because the CIA was promoting his books, and that gave him entree. And at this point, he started looking around, and uh, he understood which way the wind was blowing. So he wrote uh, basically a Holocaust memoir, in which he basically blamed the whole thing on the poles. Now, this was a big bestseller in 1967, and the Poles read the book, and they said, wait a minute, this is not what happened. We know what happened, and so they started doing research, and it turns out that he plagiarized the whole damn thing from a Polish novel that basically nobody nobody here was familiar with, but mm-hmm. the Polish literature people were. Well, what? how did that end? Well, basically... They're publishing this in obscure Polish journals from Chicago, and they're supposed to go toe to toe with the New York Times. No, that's not going to that's going to going to make it. That story should have been buried. But the problem here is, from their point of view, is that the truth is great and it will prevail, even if it comes out in an obscure Polish journal. And that's precisely what happened. So eventually the village voice got a hold of the story. They interviewed Yeshi Kaczynski, who had been at this point endorsed by Ailey Wiesel. Okay, the other guru of the Holocaust and uh, uh, basically exposed him not only as a a liar about his own experience, but it turns out he didn't even write the book. He paid someone five hundred dollars to write the book. So in addition to being a liar, he's also a cheapskate. And this he ends up head of Penn, which is the writer's organization. And everybody there is full of resentment at this guy because he's a fraud. And that led to the pressure, which basically brought him down. And the New York Times ended up with egg on its face because they promoted something that was everybody knew was a fraud. This is paradigmatic, I think, of what happened with abortion. So after that, uh, the Holocaust narrative took a turn uh, toward fiction. That's all it was. But they kept claiming it was true. And so the next guy down the road is a guy named Benjamin Vilkomirsky, who wrote a book called Fragments, in which he claimed he was a, a Latvian, a Jew from Latvia, who had been swept up in the Holocaust and uh, blah, blah, blah. Well, it turns out he's not a Jew from Latvia. He's a, 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 a he's a Christian from Switzerland, never been to Latvia and so on and so forth. And that blew up. And then there was Misha DiFonesca, who traveled across a memoir of a girl, nine-year-old girl who traveled across Europe in a pack of wolves from Belgium to Auschwitz to, to free her parents. Well, that's a, an incredible story. Well, that's exactly what it is. It's incredible. It does, it's not believable. And that blew up. And it turns out, well, it's, her name isn't Misha Fonesca. She's not Jewish. Her name's DeVale. She's a Belgian Catholic. And she made it all up. Well, Wait a minute. It's true. What is so there? There, uh, a, a lady who got caught here with Bill Komirsky is Debbie Lipstadt, who uh, uh, who endorsed the book. And even when it was proven to be a fraud, she still kept saying, well, it's a great book, even if it's not true. Well, this is not going to last. This is not going to last. And so what you had uh, basically uh, in 1993 with uh, Steven Spielberg Schindler's List come out. Right. And it turns out that Schindler is, or Spielberg is a Holocaust denier. 
according to Debbie Lipstadt, because that scene of the gas chamber is what comes out of the shower heads. Well, it's warm water, which is probably a much more accurate account than anything that had come before about the so-called gas chambers. Uh, at that point, it becomes nobody. Everybody ignores that. Uh, uh, one year later, he founds the Shoah Foundation, which is to collect memoirs of all these survivors. Well, at this point, they threw all credibility to the winds and you could come out uh, in there and the Holocaust, the Shoah Foundation will record any narrative that you concocted, no matter how preposterous it was. And that's the end of this, uh, basically the believability of, of this narrative. They brought it on themselves. That is precisely, uh, I'm saying that these trajectories run side by side. They reinforce each other. And when you pull out something as essential as Roe versus Wade, which is the Jews are saying now is the essence of their religion, the whole thing's going to come down. And I think that's what's going to happen now. It's so interesting. You mentioned the New York Times, the same New York Times, which professed that uh, Hunter Biden's laptop was either completely a fable or Russian propaganda. You may recall, uh, and for the audience, if you guys don't know this, Bing or search for this Al Qaeda spokesman, Adam Gadan. They fear mongered with this Al Qaeda spokesman, Adam Gadan, for a long time until it was figured out that Adam Gadan is actually Adam Perlman the son of a wealthy, I believe, New York Jew. The thing is, is that uh, these people in their uh, mainstream media outlets control these narratives. But my question for you as I do a screen share is, have they pushed too far? Uh, I wrote down before we started here, as in the days of Noah, how much more can they push us before there is total rebellion? Because I'm feeling total rebellion is at hand now. People don't want any more of this, Dr. Jones. Yeah, well, uh, uh, funny you should mention this because yesterday a group of guys showed up at the library in South Bend, Indiana, and basically stopped uh, Drag Queen Story Hour. They just walked in and said, we're putting an end to this. It's going to stop. Now, if if the city pushes this, it's going to come down to uh, a, a legal battle. You know, this is uh, uh, and the question is, do uh, homosexuals have a right to transvestites have a right to expose their genitals to children. Is there a constitutional right to do this? I don't have, I'm not a legal scholar, but I think I know the answer to that question. What are we talking about here? Do, is there some, some type of objective barrier that we're defending or they're defending? No, that's absolutely not the case. And this whole drag queen story hour thing shows you how their only point of this is to be transgressive. And when I'm saying transgressive, I mean, you have to you have to violate boundaries. You have to violate norms. Otherwise, you're not doing what you think needs to be done. That's exactly the point here. There is no internal boundary to this. This is why Jews get involved in this. The Jews do not believe in logos. They do not believe in objective boundaries, which means they push things as far as they will go until there's a reaction. So they're, they're, they're basically crying out for a reaction. And I think that's that's what's going to come. Uh, maybe, you know, 100 years from now, they'll say, well, it was the guys in South Bend who started the reaction to Drag Queen Story Hour. I don't know. We, we, we'll have to wait and see that. But the idea that there's going to be you can go on transgressing this stuff forever. Uh, is a fiction. Uh, you can't do this. There will be, be uh, it, it, you. We, the rest of us, the normal people in this country have to wake up to the fact that there is no logos 
to this behavior. There's no order to this behavior. It is completely disordered. And as such, it will only stop when external force is applied to it. I know you don't have a lot more time. I think we have about 10 minutes left. And uh, I do want to mention the ADL supporting the Azov Nazis. I'll show you guys that in a second. I've talked about it before. But we've talked a lot about the Jews here. And uh, I've said many times that it's not just the Jews. So I want your thoughts on this. We hear people like Biden and Macron and Merkel and uh, Justin Castro Trudeau, the hand of the queen in Canada, talking about a new world order, build back better, the great reset. As it pertains to the new world order and the one world government, I'm going to list a bunch of names here and you tell me, is it all of these entities working together and who's at the top? So there's Jews, there's Kazarians, there's neocons, Zionists. Joe Biden has famously said, you don't have to be a Jew to be a Zionist, and I'm a Zionist. I'll play the clip right here. You know, I used to say early on when I was a kid, I'd say when I was a young senator, I'd say, if I were a Jew, I'd be a Zionist. I am a Zionist. You don't have to be a Jew to be a Zionist. Freemasons, Jesuits. What constitutes this new world order in this desire to ensnare humanity in a global government, an anti-human global government? And maybe I just answered my own question. Is it Satanism? Is it Luciferianism? Is that what they all have in common? Well, you have to be you have to be more specific than that. So if you come to something like uh, pornography, who's behind pornography? That was a Jewish operation from the beginning. If if I say that uh, the Jews are behind gay marriage, uh, people call me an anti-Semite. Uh, but when Amy Dean says the same thing in Tikkun magazine, Jewish magazine, uh, then that's that's called bragging. So again, again, you have to be specific here, but if you want to talk about a general principle, uh, again, um, let, let, let's talk at, um, uh, about uh, NATO expansion and, and the war in the Ukraine. It's the same principle that I just talked about with Drag Queen Story Hour. In other words, you have this, this, this pathological entity, uh, you know, American foreign policy, if you want to call it that, that is based on a Jewish notion of messianism, which means it's there to convert the entire world and it's going to spread and spread and spread until it doesn't spread until it bumps into reality. Well, that's what happened in the Ukraine. The Russians said, no, no, we're not going to go, go for this anymore. And war entered in and suddenly you have exactly the same type of scenario that I just described with Roe versus Wade, uh, uh, the Holocaust narrative and so on and so forth. You've got propaganda, nonstop propaganda here. Uh, the the uh, the the total collapse of any pretense that the media are doing reporting it basically collapsed with the Ukraine. It began with COVID, uh, collapsed with the Ukraine. All you're getting is propaganda, but there is this reality on the ground that uh, is uh, is it more powerful? Uh, do do is Harari right? Is, is truth the opinion of the powerful? Do you have that godlike power to make it so simply because you say it is so? Well, no, you don't, because the war is not going well for the Ukraine and the Russians are winning the war. And this is the lesson, I think, of the Ukraine is that reality always returns. It's the return of the repressed. The truth always triumphs in the end. Uh, and no matter how long you go, there's always going to be a moment where your soap bubble touches something real and it bursts. Mm -hmm. And I think this is all happening around the same time. All of these things are happening at the same time. And I think it's because 
we're witnessing the end of the American empire. It feels like there's a bit of divinity involved in this great awakening because I keep telling people, guests that I have on, I feel like we're at a tipping point. We've reached a tipping point and either they're going to get their great reset or we're going to get our great awakening and take our world back. I mean, it's they've gone all in. So it's one or the other. And I think it's causing a lot of people, millions of people to wake up, including some nation state leaders. Like, for instance, the president of Mexico said, no, thanks. I'm not coming to your stupid, you know, meeting of the Americas thing, Joe. We've got an imposter president. He's completely illegitimate. Everything he does is anti-American for the most part. I mean, I actually can't think of one pro-American thing he does. So we've reached a tipping point. Is that the good news? Is that humanity stands a chance here because we're waking up? I think so. I think because everything depends on consciousness. And what we're seeing is that their narratives are collapsing across the board. And the true narrative is emerging out of the dust. There's a a, a specter that's haunting Israel, to to quote Karl Marx here. Um, There's never been a, a Jewish kingdom that's lasted longer than, I believe, either 77 or 80 years. So I'm the same age as the state of Israel. Uh, so that's 74 years. I'm not talking about my consciousness. I'm talking about their consciousness. There's a sense, there's a sense of ill ease there. It's turning some of these Israelis into fanatics who want to build the temple, uh, clear away the temple mount and so on and so forth. I think it's across the board. We all have the sense here. This can't go on this way. It certainly can't go on in Europe. The way they're taught, like Germany is in an incredible situation, perilous situation, where uh, they could all be freezing to death uh, this winter because Russia cuts off their energy. All for what? To 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 live in a world of illusion uh, based on NATO, uh, uh, where Germany has internalized the commands of its oppressors, the people who conquered it during World War II and want to destroy them. It can't go on. They're going to have to wake up at some point or other. Uh, and I think we're all in the same situation. We have to wake up to the situation. We have to address it forthrightly. We have to be able to see which way it's the uh, the tide is flowing, and we have to act on that. So that means the rise of representative government, the rise of people, uh, politicians who will actually represent the people that elect them, rather than the oligarchs who pay their pay for their money. And concretely, we're going to have to see a repudiation of Soros prosecutors. Uh, that is happening as well. Case of Boudin was uh, recalled in San Francisco, right. uh, which is as liberal as they get. Even they can't stand it anymore because of the chaos. That's going to have to happen now uh, with people like Larry Krasner in Philadelphia, where uh, law and order has disappeared, uh, 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 where it's dangerous to be on the street. It has to happen. If it doesn't happen, we're all going to perish. Yeah, and uh, it's starting to happen. People are reaching their boiling point. Uh, did you say, how old are you? I knew you were in your 70s. 74 or 77? I'm 74. You look darn good. I would never guess 74. Look, people know I'm on a mystery mission here to try to cure my arthritis in my knees because you can't get decent treatment in the United States. The first thing they want to do is cut. <laughs> These doctors say you need a knee replacement because they love to cut. Uh, what's your secret? Any secrets for us? What do you do to look so yeah, criti- young? Criti- criticizing Jews keeps me young. <laughs> you're, a, I also, you're a contrarian, I also, huh? I, I also, uh, I, I row on the St. Joe River, good exercise. Exercise, nutrition, and sleep 
are the uh, this is a recipe for long life. Yeah. All right. And well, staying away from doctors. Well, seriously, these Western medicine doctors, I mean, uh, they'd have you believe as uh, the FDA and Pfizer would that the uh, mRNA bioweapon is nutritious, delicious, safe and effective. So run right out and get it and uh, shoot your kids up too. culturewars.com is the website, guys. I'm sorry we didn't have time to get to Walt Disney and the Jews. We're going to go much deeper in the next visit with uh, Dr. E. Michael Jones. I'll come back to you to say our goodbyes, sir. I appreciate your time today. Any final words or uh, how can people support you? Go to culturewars.com. All of my books uh, are available there. Uh, do not uh, do, an, uh, do a Google search because uh, you, I have been banned from there. But go to culturewars.com and uh, buy that magazine and buy the books. Yeah. Banned here, banned everywhere. Join the club. <laughs> so many of my friends and colleagues that used to be on YouTube got terminated back on October 15th, 2020. You'll appreciate this. On the back of a Media Matters for America hit piece, David Brock, supported by Soros. You get the idea. I think we're over the target here. Our guest has been Dr. E. Michael Jones. Thank you, sir. Thank you. I want to thank you all for tuning in. A special thank you to our subscribe stars and our members at SGTReport.TV. And I appreciate all of you for tuning in every single day for free for real news at sgtreport.com that's the antidote to corporate propaganda and mockingbird mainstream media lies god bless you and your family bye-bye they're all capstone events COVID is a capstone event capstone just means there's funding coming from very high places to create to model something in real time in real life that sets the public view this event at this school i bet you anything claims are going to be made damages are going to be paid police are going to look bad and there's going to be municipal bonds taken out that we won't really hear about 